0: Talk to me, damn it, or else I'm going to throw you in the fire! You like scary movies? Ghost story and horror film addict. Ooh, scary movie. Welcome to Boogie Nights with your favorite go and host, Alexis Chainsaw Massacre. Hey y'all, welcome to Boogie Nights. This is your favorite uncle and host, Alexis Chainsaw Massacre. I'm actually off my home base this weekend. I'm dog sitting for my sister. So I'm sitting here with my dog niece, Molly. She's the jam and she's wagging her tail right now as I say her name. Good girl. I am so very happy to be talking to you guys. I just got back from Walmart and I swear to God, one of these days I'm going to get a fucking rest there. I can understand the older and older that I get why there are so many arrests at Walmarts because people act like fucking zoo animals. I can't even begin to tell you how angry I get in there. That's why I try to make a point to not go very often. But, you know, a couple times a year I need to go for kind of a one-stop shop thing. And you kind of have to evaluate, do I want to make several trips in a bunch of traffic or just deal with a bunch of Walmart traffic at once? So that's what I opted to do today. Not sure it was a great choice, but now I'm back and ready to podcast with y'all and going to be cracking drinks here pretty soon. So, I know it's been a little bit since the last podcast. I know last I talked to you guys about Juwan Origins. I've actually watched a bunch of cool shit since then. and kept thinking, oh, this could be a podcast, this could be... But a big issue is that I have kind of a goldfish brain. So I would see it movie and be like, yeah, this is fucking awesome, I'm going to talk about it in the podcast. And then really forget what I was going to say on the whole matter. So, on to the next one. On to the next one. Just so I can give you an idea of what I've been watching since Juwan Origins, let me think here. I watched this one really shitty horror movie on Shudder called The Shed. It was a terrible vampire movie. It was funny at points, but otherwise not really worth watching. If it was funny the whole time, it would have been all about it, but it it lost my interest towards the end. I mean, it's called The Shed, for Christ's sake. But that's the whole reason I watched it, because it was like, oh, The Shed, that's fucking hilarious, I love it. So that wasn't a very good one. Another one that I watched was called Relic. That came out this year. That was definitely a slow burn type of big twist of an ending. I would definitely say give that a watch. I do believe, well, you can get it on Amazon for rent, but I got that good old Fire Stick that streams shit. So that's a good watch. Another one that I watched was called The Lodge. And I thought it was going to be kind of dumb based on the little mini trailer that they show on Hulu. But that actually really had me feeling some type of way at the end. And I watched videos on YouTube about ending interpretations. I did the same with Relic too. And with The Lodge, and I forget their names, I apologize. They're two European directors of some sort. And they just kind of push the boundaries of directing, kind of like Kubrick did, but not as much of an asshole, and really has the actors get, hey, if, you want, if, I, if I want you to be cold, get in that bucket of ice, motherfucker. So, something to be said for that to add authenticity to a movie. But The Lodge was great, definitely watched that on Hulu. Actually, out, out of the same wavelength of these two directors, I watched another one of their movies. Oh shit, this is terrible. It's either called Goodnight Mommy or Goodbye Mommy. I'm gonna opt with Goodnight Mommy. But it's all in German, so unless you're fluent in German, you're gonna need subtitles. So that's why I haven't finished it yet. Again, me falling asleep is no reflection on the quality of a movie, but I just get, you know, so cozy, so concentrated on these subtitles, and then I'm out and Bob Burgers is on I'm like oh fuck. So I need to finish that one, but so far, so good. Definitely pretty creepy. I'm sure I've watched more since then, too. I know I've been watching, re-watching some good ones, like Beetlejuice, because it's getting, getting to be that time, you guys. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yep. Fuck Christmas. You know what? I was pissed, actually. I was at some store the other day. I think it was Sam's Club. They had more Christmas shit in the aisles than they did Halloween. That's bullshit, man. Don't agree with that. So those are the, probably the best things I've watched as of recently. Definitely give all those a watch. I also finished up Ratchet the other day. Um, I don't really know that that's as much of a horror show, but it is made by the same dudes that do American Horror Story. And for those of you that aren't familiar with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, it's a prequel to that with the infamous Nurse Ratched, played by Sarah Paulson, may end up doing a podcast on that at some point, but I'm just going to leave it at, watch it, it's fucking awesome, made me cry a little bit, but that might just be because I'm fucked up in the head, I don't know. But, what I wanted to talk to you guys today, I want to talk about the movie Annabellum. It just dropped in the US September 18th, I do believe. You can watch it, I know you can rent it on Amazon. However, I got the streaming fire stick, found a pretty awesome stream. Before I say a damn thing, if you haven't seen a trailer, if you haven't read a bunch about it, I would suggest leave it that way, because I went into it knowing very little about the movie, and I think I was a lot more pleased with the outcome. So I'm going to leave it at that, because you know my thoughts on trailers. I love them and I hate them at the same time. They ruin a lot, a lot of shit. So I don't know what antebellum trailers are like because I haven't seen them, but don't watch them if you haven't. It's better with this movie going into it knowing as little as possible. Another thing I'd like to say about this movie is it's not a horror movie. I know you're probably thinking, isn't this a horror podcast, you dumb bitch? Why are you talking about it then? Well, that's a good question. It keeps getting labeled as a horror movie. And that was one thing that I did hear about the movies, that the directors were really crazy with that labeling of horror. And I could see why. Because it's more, it's definitely, there. it could be a lot of things. If I had to pinpoint it to a genre or two, it would be thriller meets social commentary. So, and I guess you could make a similar argument for Get Out, but Get Out actually has elements of horror in it. Antebellum has horrific things that happen to people because the movie at, at times is about slavery before the Civil War. But to call it a horror movie kind of cheapens the slave violence because that's not horror in the sense of, you know, horror. It's the horror in the sense of people are fucking horrible and history was horrible. So I think to call it a horror movie kind of cheapens all the terrible things that slaves went through. So, I've said my piece there. Definitely thriller versus social commentary, if I had to put a label on it. If you hear a bunch of, ah, 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 that's just the dog. She's all excited. She's like, oh, I want to talk about horror too. Yeah, who does it? It's fucking awesome. That's why it makes the world go round. Fun fact for all you horror fans, I actually read an article the other day that um, people in this quarantine situation have dealt better with it if they're horror fans because horror fans are more resilient people. Look, that's interesting. I said, I of course I agree with it, but really thinking about it, yeah, I mean, we we've watched these, these movies our whole lives we know how to prepare ourselves for any fucking terrible situation so when the quarantine came, we're like, yeah we've seen 28 Days Later, we've seen Dawn of the Dead, what you got now? So that was a little fun fact I wanted to share about you guys. Share with you guys, shit. So Annabellum, maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. I actually had to look up what Annabellum meant. So I'm gonna save you f- feeling stupid too. I'm gonna be your walking dictionary. Annabellum is pretty much a general term for before the war, and mainly before the Civil War. So that makes a lot of sense in terms of the plot. Now I'm only gonna give you a very bare bones version of the plot because as you know I really hate giving spoilers and this movie has so many little easter eggs in it that I would hate to spoil anything so I'm just going to tell you how it starts off excuse me so it starts off actually before I even say that <coughs> the directors of the movie were definitely hell bent on getting the same camera lenses that the movie gone with the Wind which I found really interesting and their whole rationale behind it was to tell the story the side of the story that Gone with the Wind failed to tell which if you haven't seen Gone with the Wind it is a Civil War saga but it's about a spoiled rich white girl and it doesn't you know, I mean they're slaves but doesn't really show them being mistreated a lot of them enjoy being on the O'Hara plantation so it Gone with the Wind, while it's a classic, it essentially glorifies the old South and slavery. It's on the Confederate side of the story. So for the directors of Annabellum to want to use the same camera lenses as Gone with the Wind makes perfect fucking sense to me because that that's a good uh cinematographic shit. I'm having a stroke. Cinematographic way <laughs> of telling a different side of the story so I think that's pretty cool and actually my husband and I we watched Gone with the Wind before watching Annabelle because he had never seen it before in two different sittings of course I love Gone with the Wind but to sit for over four hours for a movie it's not fucking happening there's actually an intermission right in the middle of it there's for fucking good reason so we watched that and then watched Annabellum. and my husband and I both said yeah you can definitely tell it does appear to be more of a more uh modern day Gone with the Wind aesthetic wise would I have picked up on that if I hadn't known I I don't know that I would I'm not a super cinematography guru like that so but if you know that going into it it does make sense and they definitely do you some of the um like painting in and out of the scenes and Similar camera angles as they do Gone with the Wind. So definitely a very aesthetically pleasing movie. Definitely good to look at. But, so I, th- I thought that was an interesting fact. Sorry, I keep getting distracted by this stupid dog. Um, so the movie starts off with slaves. And there's these dickhead confeder- confederate soldiers beating them around. You know, just doing horrible things to their slaves. There's this one slave that had tried to escape in the past and had a big old brand on her stomach. So, clearly it didn't work out so well the first time. So, there's d- different slaves looking to her. She's like the main slave, I guess, for courage to escape, for assist to escape. She's like, we have to wait for the right time. It's not right. And it's just, I honestly cried. I shouldn't say cry, but teared up quite a few times in the beginning parts because it's just so hard to watch and it's just so hard to think about people ever being treated that way. Absolutely horrible. So it really takes a look into this plantation and how these sleeves are... Sleeves? Jesus Christ. Slaves are mistreated. Flash forward. Completely unrelated story. There is... A mom. She's she's a black mom. This is important to the story. I'm just not saying it just for the fuck of it. Black mom. She's a famous author, and she has some kind of PhD, Civil War history or something like that. She has a reputation for being very progressive and being, you know, a giant advocate for black black lives, black rights, especially when it comes to women. So, very busy lady, always writing. And they show her getting ready to go to this presentation where she's talking about one of her books. And she has husband, daughter. Seems like a good little happy family. All is well. She misses her daughter. She goes to give this presentation. And then some strange shit starts happening. And I'm going to leave it at that. By the way, the mom... Author Lady is played by Janelle Monet, which I was really interested to hear about that before I watched the movie, too. Because like, she's a singer, and not that people can't do both, but people can't always do both. And I had never seen her in anything else, so I was pretty excited because I do like her music, and so I was interested to see how she was going to perform, which I thought she did a fucking awesome job. Definitely believed where she was coming from. But plot-wise, we're gonna leave it at that, because I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. Because it, I, I you got, you got to go through that journey, the twists and turns, and surprisingly enough, sometimes I will look at crit, uh, critic reviews before I watch a movie. Most of the times, if I haven't seen a trailer or anything, then I don't like to look at reviews either. I like to keep it a surprise, but I at least look at the reviews at the very end and much to my surprise Annabellum was getting super mixed reviews i do believe on imdb it was only a 5.5 out of 10 which let me tell you something i've been watching a bunch of shitty lifetime thriller movies lately one of them called ruthless realtor which i was like that name's hilarious i gotta fucking watch it On IMDb, that is a 6 out of 10 and is a much shittier movie. Who decides this shit? I don't know. There's no way in hell. It's a crock of shit that a Lifetime movie is a 6 out of 10. I'm sorry. I don't fucking think so. And then Rotten Tomatoes, I do believe, was like 61 critic, 27 audience. So pretty opposing there. Or maybe it was the other way around. I don't know. But all over the place as far as reviews go, and from what I was reading, a lot of people's complaints were all oh, the, the twists were predictable. No, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. Granted, I figured out one of the twists that was as it was starting to unravel, but I wouldn't say I predicted anything. I don't. I don't get that. But that could also be. I don't know. Could it be that these people saw trailers beforehand and they gave away too much? They hear too much about the movie? What What's the situation? Because I don't... Maybe that that's where I was an advantage not knowing anything. But I, I didn't figure anything out. I thought the twists were well done. A lot of people said the ending was overwhelming. I can see where that's coming from. But also I think it wrapped everything up pretty well. Made a lot of sense. I really like the whole message of the movie... You know, in light of this Black Lives Matter movement, I think it's one of those movies that we need right now. And I know it's fictional, but it still gives the message of this is what black people have dealt with. This is what black people continue to deal with. And myself, I'm a white woman, so I don't fucking know. I empathize, but I I don't understand because I'm not in that situation. So even though it's a fictional piece, it's nice to have that... That kind of reminder and, you know, different points of view of, oh, this is what other people go through that are different from me. So I I think it definitely came out at a good time. And that's why I kind of called it a social commentary because it does take not only the slave side of the story, but just in general with this, this author, just modern day what black people are dealing with day to day. So I really liked that whole theme of it. Janelle Monet did an awesome job. I believed her. I, I believed everything she was saying, doing, she was convincing. So I think it was cool. Go you, Janelle Monet. I still listen to your music, too. But hey, cool other thing to add to your resume there. I thought uh, aesthetically, like I was saying, it was beautiful. Just it, it was good to look at. Also really good to listen to. Had some violent strings going on, which as you all know, I love. Definitely the music built up the suspense and the tension. All the characters were good. But it I really have to honestly say my favorite part was the plot. You have no idea what's going on for a while and how this relates to that and where is this going. And I like that. I like being kept on my toes. I thought it was unique. i it It was different. And... I liked the whole association with Gone with the Wind I I thought that that was a really cool move So I do think that all the critics Were being super unfair I would say shit If I was a Rotten Tomatoes Critic I would give it at least An 80 you know it's Really hard to be in a 100% good movie But I would say 80 Is pretty fair so For those of you that can't do math 8 out of 10 On IMDB 2 thumbs up whatever you like to give it I would definitely say give it a watch. Although, again, not a horror movie. But and that's the whole reason I wanted to talk about it to talk about why it's not. So, if you have Amazon, you can rent it on Amazon, but it's like 20 bucks. So, I used the streaming side of my Fire Stick and found a pretty good stream. So, do what you do or if you have I don't know. I don't know what fucking movie rental things are out right now. Is Redbox still a thing, even? I don't know. That used to be my jam. By the way, real quick before I wrap things up, because uh, Redbox just made me think of this. A few years ago, when I was frequenting the Redbox, because I had shitty internet, so I wasn't streaming anything. But the internet was free, so I was like, well, fuck it. I can't justify paying for this shit. So i walk over to the Redbox, always getting horror movies. I saw this one movie called What We Do in the Shadows. Knew nothing about it. I said, oh, cool, vampires. Wow, what a pleasant surprise as far as a horror comedy is concerned. And now, even though it's been out for a minute, but the What We Do in the Shadows TV show is fucking hilarious. It's on FX. Definitely give that a watch. And I know in terms of what we got to look forward to soon. The House of Bly Manor is coming to Netflix pretty soon. Those are the same, I don't know, it has association with The the Haunting of Hill House. I don't think it's the same cast, but you know, the same creators of the show. That's coming out, I do believe, October 9th. I looked that up today because I'm like, I'm fucking ready for that now, let's do it. So that's the only thing I know at the top of my head that's coming out soon That You know what? Actually, my friend sent me a list of things that were supposed to have already released in the horror world, and it's not happening this year. It's looking like next year, guys. So be patient. We're in this together. You know what? Provided everything comes out in 2021, it's going to be the spookiest fucking year yet, so let's make this happen. As always, thank you so much for listening, and especially today, because I'm not in my normal element I think I lost my mic muff, I don't have my little panels up. So hopefully the dog's fur um, absorbed some of the sound waves, made it a little better. But please stay safe, stay out of Walmart, it's best for you. Watch Antebellum, but more importantly, stay spooky my friends. And if you want to follow me, follow me on Facebook, Boogie Nights with Alexis Chainsaw Massacre. I do have a Twitter up now. Something along those lines. Same with Instagram. I think Instagram might be boogie underscore nights underscore podcast. Whatever. There's not too many other Boogie Nights podcasts. Y'all can figure it out. But thank you for sticking with me. Definitely appreciate it. If you want me to cover anything specifically, especially with spooky time coming up, hit me up and let me know. Alright. Peace, y'all.